Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast with Chris and Hayden. As you might have heard, and it should have been there, we have some intro music this week. And Chris, if you don't put it in, you're going to make me look or sound like an idiot. So please, please put it in. Well, now it's tempting to just put it off another week. You know, we got oh, we got no, we got to no. workshop it. We got to take it around see if the <laughs> people do like it. Don't do me like that, please. Do a poll. But, uh, Make sure it's a good one. <laughs> this week we are gonna stick to more news. Uh, there was some big stuff going on in the Star Wars world, and there's a little bit of anime stuff we'll probably kick off with too. But first, Chris, you know how a couple weeks ago you started with, "Have you ever had a week?" Yeah. Well, boy, did I have a day yesterday. Oh. Uh, I finally was able to snag uh, the hard-to-get Ryzen AMD processor, one of the new 5000 series. Uh, I went with the 5600X. I finally got one, and it came yeah. in yesterday or Friday. I don't – oh, yeah, it was Friday morning. And then my motherboard got here too. So I spent all afternoon putting it together because, you know, I don't, I don't put computers – together that often so it, i'm slow as hell with it yeah you barely um, know how to find a file on a computer yeah i <laughs> don't tell the people that please <laughs> um so i spent most of the afternoon putting it together you know clenching my butthole all you know you're touching the cpu and putting it in place just to uh get it all together so i know i guess to backtrack a little bit with having a 5000 series amd processor most motherboards you get for it this is gonna get another preamble this is going to get really i'm going to try to not be super technical with it but uh when you get a new with these new amd processors you have to update the bios most of the time there are some motherboards you can get that don't it's a very new processor yeah very new and there have not to my knowledge been any motherboards made specifically for this new series of amd processors um so i was all prepared to you know flash the bios up update that so i could run it Um, didn't know until I had this computer completely put together that, uh, the motherboard that I bought didn't have a BIOS flashback ability. So that was cool. And it was very demoralizing to spend all afternoon putting something together and then realize you fucked up with what you bought and you basically have a giant expensive brick. (laughs) Yeah. And you were using parts from your current computer. So then you had to take it apart and rebuild essentially, right? Yeah, but it wasn't that bad because I just I took out the things I took out were easily reinsertable. So it was just the graphics card and my drives. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess if you were getting a new motherboard, at least everything else is pretty plug and play, right? Yeah, yeah. So the main things that yeah, I, I'm returning the motherboard. I have a new one on the way with the BIOS flashback ability. Um, so do you do you have Amazon Prime? Yes. Okay, I do. Then at least you don't have to wait too long. Yeah, it should be here Tuesday. And because of the magic of Amazon, I've already gotten refunded for the first one because as soon as it gets scanned in at the return station, wherever – like I went to the Kohl's. It's like across the street because apparently they are an affiliate for Amazon returns, so I don't have to go to like a, a UPS. But as soon as they scan it in in their system, they're like, okay, we got it. Here's your refund. And I was like, okay, cool. Nice. But Praise Bezos. I did I did misstep one a little bit in that I ordered the new one before I got credited for the old one because they credited my account. So technically, I would have had to pay for like two motherboards and then my Amazon account would be 
have it. So I had to cancel the one that I bought <laughs> earlier this morning <laughs> and then rebuy it with the credited money. So hey, long just story had short, more Amazon dollars. Yeah. Long story short, you know, I fixed it, but man, I love building new computers. It's a lot of fun, like picking stuff out, but putting it together is stressful as hell because what like you could you mess up one thing and you're like well you just wasted a couple hundred bucks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's stressful the thing and yeah. and inevitably there's going to be something wrong with your initial build oh like, yeah I, I i think i i've technically built a pc like three and a half times at this point and and nothing ever goes completely right yeah. Uh, although a lot of times i i never seat the ram correctly on my first attempt i i still don't have that down really yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I always get it wrong. Huh. It's uh, kind of funny. I've seen a lot of uh, social media posts from like either Newegg or other like PC part sellers that are like, uh, they're just memes about when you first boot your new computer and everything turns on, like it works, it boots up properly. I'm like, are they trying to tell me something? Are they making fun of me? <laughs> yeah. Am I, doing, am I just doing it wrong? Is everyone else doing it more right? Yeah. Uh, I did actually have a similar thing happen with Amazon. I ordered a new motherboard for a new CPU I was getting. Not as new as yours, but definitely an upgrade for me. So I got a new motherboard because my current one wasn't compatible with uh, that level of Intel. Uh, And the motherboard got delivered to the wrong address in my apartment complex. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, when that happens, it's fucking impossible to track that package down. So, like, they, they took a picture of the package at a door, and I'm like, that's not my door. Uh, so I, I messaged them about it and then I called the office about it. I put something up on like the apartment message boards about it. Didn't expect to get anything back. Um, I, I gave it a day, nothing happened. And I was like, okay, well I don't have it. Can I get a refund? Uh, and kind of like yours, they, they just gave me a refund pretty immediately. There wasn't much fuss about it. Um, except I didn't have a package to return. So I got my refund even quicker. Yeah. Which was then nice because, uh, in looking a little deeper at the specifications of the motherboard, I saw that there was something about it that I distinctly did not like, so I upgraded for like 20, 30 more dollars for the same kind of model of motherboard, and I bought that instead. Uh, and then while I was waiting on the second motherboard to come in, the other motherboard just shows up at my door. Oh. So, so- I just had a free kind of crappier motherboard that I, I still have because I can't get rid of it. Right. I have, I've had that happen as well where, uh, in our apartment complex, like it, they, I don't know where they delivered the package. It said it got like delivered in at one of the buildings in our complex. And then I put stuff on our message board, same as you, but mine didn't show up for like two weeks later. Okay. Then it was just there. I got a, I got a message from our, our, our office saying, cause there's a certain spot near the front front office where they sometimes put packages and i was like oh well now i have two volumes of manga that um i can't get rid of because (laughs) i say it wasn't delivered or delivered to the wrong like whatever it was and they sent me new ones that's kind of the magic about the amazon return system is that they're so big and they make so much goddamn money that they really don't care and we'll just be like yeah sure here you go as long as you don't as long as you're not constantly refunding stuff yeah and don't because i think there was an article that went around maybe a year ago where it was talking about how you can actually get blacklisted from amazon on returning stuff to where eventually they just don't let you return anything <laughs> like yeah, you abuse the system for too long 
So I, I tried listing that motherboard on like the Facebook Marketplace, and it's been up there for like two months now, and nobody wants it. Yeah, that and, that and it's like, sucks. look, it's new in box. I just don't need it at this point. Please, somebody have it. I just want my money back. Wait, which, how? Which I mean, I already got my money back, but come on. What was the price range of it? Uh, it was like right around a hundred dollars. It's not a super good motherboard. Uh, okay, because I was gonna say my sister's also building a PC, and she has issues with getting one that I think was way too expensive for the kind of build she's building. It's more expensive than than the one I got, and I was like, oh my god. Um, but the one that she got sent, uh, it has like Chinese written on it, like it's a Chinese product. And she's like, um, <laughs> there's issues with this. So she's trying to return that um, and get a new one. But I think she's looking for more of one kind of in like 150 range. But yeah. uh, I can let her know um, and see sure. if she'd be interested. I, I, The motherboard is probably fine. Uh, it's it's built for Intel 8th and 9th gen chips. Uh, the only issue I had with it was the... Uh, the capped RAM speed on the motherboard was pretty slow and was slower oh. than the new RAM I had bought for it. So that would be, I would think, the determining factor. Hmm. Yeah, I'll let her know and see, see what's going on. But... Because otherwise, I just got a motherboard I'm not going to use for anything. True, true. But with that, to the news. Yeah. We got a decent amount of non-political news this yeah, week. Yeah, unlike the great. dry spell of last week. <laughs> uh one thing i wanted to touch on was uh that what i just actually more just thought this was interesting is that um a third of new york times graphic novel bestseller list for january is manga which is dope i have been actually clicked on the article i just posted the <laughs> the uh to the what is it the headline and okay most of it's my hero so <laughs> my hero and demon slayer that makes sense yeah yeah, cause uh, the Giga mainstream just, shonens. Yeah, Giga just put out a new video, and in it he had a clip of manga sales, and apparently uh, Demon Slayer sold over fifty four million copies last year. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is, I think, in second was One Piece with five million. You know, that's insane. <laughs> being like a couple steps above a casual anime fan, but not having watched Demon Slayer and not having much interest in watching Demon Slayer, it's weird to me how popular Demon Slayer is. Because we I, talked about a couple weeks ago how the Demon Slayer movie surpassed Spirited Away as the highest grossing film in Japan. Yeah, it's crazy. Which was like, the the yen doesn't inflate like uh, like the American dollar does. So, like, you know, as time goes on, it kind of just makes sense that movies in America are going to gross more as time goes on. But that's not necessarily a thing in Japan. And Spirited Away made a lot of money. And, like, Spirited Away comes from a lineage of known very good movies from a prolific director, essentially the Japanese Walt Disney. And then Demon Slayer comes in and breaks that record? That's wild to me. Yeah, I. it's almost like, I mean, it's just just definition of a hype train. Like, I, I think Demon Slayer is good, but I, it's, there are so many better shonen, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I can't really explain how it's just become, it's broken 
the barriers and is like actually just mainstream in general outside of just anime. It's it's really weird. Like I'm but, not sure if if an Attack on Titan movie happened. I don't know if it would even have this level of success. But I mean, oh, what, I what, what the so. fuck do I know? I I doubt it would. Not now. If it was 2015, yeah, probably. But I don't know. But um, one of the uh, one of our friends I was asking is like, what what can you even compare 54 million copies in a year to? And I think one of our friends looked it up and he said, I don't have this verified, but he said the but the but the Bible sold 59 million copies last year. And I'm like, oh my god, it's on pace <laughs> with the Bible. <laughs> oh my god. So that's crazy. I. Now, granted, that is like all volumes of the manga. So, uh, usually a volume comes out every three months, roughly. So that would put four volumes ish. But that does it. That would also include all older volumes. So any volume that was sold. But um, that's that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Um. It, it's cool that it's uh getting more popular. Yeah. Anime yeah. is getting it, bigger all the time. Yeah. That that was one thing. I had with with this with how almost most of the graphic novel stuff in the New York Times bestseller being uh manga and I'm just I, I'm still waiting and I don't know when I will ever know it or when we'll know it of when you can officially say that anime is I don't like saying mainstream but just that everyone every everyone is watching some sort of anime like or has watched it. Like I think we're getting closer and closer to be like, yeah, my parents might have seen something that is anime, yeah. without me having to recommend it, kind of thing. I think we grew up in an era where it was consistently becoming less of a social outcast thing to play and be very into video games. Uh, like I, I, I feel like through middle school, there was the turning point. Like. The, the PS2 Xbox 360 was, was kind of the turning point of, yeah, we all play video games. And then in the Xbox One to PS4 era especially, video games became very mainstream, where it was cool to play video games. It was a cultural thing that everyone could touch on. Even if the only thing you play is Call of Duty and FIFA, everyone has a console and they play video games. I, I think in the future... In the near future, we're going to start seeing anime take that turn. At least I hope. Especially with big deals going on with Sony buying Crunchyroll and having that and Funimation under its belt. It would behoove PlayStation to make a move to start making anime even more accessible and more marketed in the West to make back that investment. And, you know, God willing, we'll see anime more regularly in American theaters. Oh, That'd be great if I don't have to just go to Fathom events to <laughs> see see movies. Because granted, but, uh, at, at this point, everyone is familiar with your intro animes like Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon. But depending on who you're talking to, there's still a stigma to that. Like, ah, uh, you watch those Chinese cartoons. But uh, <laughs> I I think that's going to be changing. Oh yeah, and I'm on the forefront and trying to sneak in anime recommendations to friends all the time, <laughs> all the time. But uh, I also want to a little bit a more other anime thing I wanted to touch on is that the uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards nominations are out. I don't really know why uh, they took so long to put the nominations out. Like you can vote, 
for a week, and but the nominations didn't come out until you could vote. The only thing I can think of, I don't know the details of how they come up with it, but would be their whoever like their celebrity judges are that technically have more weight in who wins. They waited to get like what their nominations would be, and then they aggregate it to the top six and everything. But um, I mean, for the most part, I think their most of their categories are pretty similar to what we had. Uh, I just my my biggest issue with it is them having B stars nominated. Um, I get it, but I also think it. I don't know. I don't like it because technically it released in the fall of 2019 season. But there but, was a Netflix jail. Yeah, but no one in the West saw it until 2020. So I get it being on here from that standpoint, but it didn't come out in 2020. And I mostly say that because there's a reason, the reason why, and that's why we didn't have it in ours, in our anime awards in anything, was because it came out in 2019. Um, yeah, otherwise... It Man, would have won if, uh, like everything. If I had to put B stars up against Great Pretender, I don't know which ones I would have picked. Oh, I would have picked B stars because the ending made sense. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but then you know, the funny thing to me about the Crunchyroll Anime Awards is that uh, the majority of the nominees are for Netflix shows. B stars, Great Pretender, and Doro Hidoro take. Are, are nominated by far the most. <laughs> yeah, Crunchyroll took a big hit in 2020 in regards to what they were able to get licensed. Yeah, uh, of the of the six shows they have nominated for Anime of the Year, Crunchyroll only had two of them. Uh, Funimation had one, and then three of them were Netflix. Which Aparai Ranman being nominated for Anime of the Year is a decision. Um, but very bold. I don't know who the hell was pushing for that. I mean, it was good, but anime of the year? Oh. Ugh. And then I always feel weird putting, and I know when you when it's a show that has two cores that first comes out in the fall, so it would go end of one year, beginning of the next. I always feel really weird about how you deal with that. So like Jujutsu Kaisen is one of those where half of it's out in, in 2020. But then they also have my hero stuff in there because the second half of season four was at the beginning of 2020. And so it's just weird. I always think it's weird how that is dealt with. Yeah. But I always think it's funny. They have best protagonist and antagonist and then best boy and best girl. And people are nominated for both when I feel like this should more be like supporting and leading role titles. But I don't know. It'll be I I will I can't wait. I don't know when the actual awards. Are. I know you can vote through how many you got five more days as of recording that you can vote. Um, I can't wait for them to be done so we can talk about it on street or on stream on on the podcast because, boy, it's always interesting to see what the masses pick because it's basically just a popularity contest. And I can guarantee you, Great Pretender won't win because B Stars is nominated. Um, but when I voted once, you can vote every day, and I specifically didn't vote for B stars for anything, just because I don't feel like it should be up there. But <laughs> what you gonna do? Yeah, take that crunch roll. We'll beat you to it, though. 
Yeah, wait, who's nominated for Best Girl in theirs? I'm curious. Let's see. Okay. Um, only one edition that I didn't have on, which was Noe from Dorohidoro, because that's just a weird pick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, on, on a slightly related note, while uh, I'm talking about uh, Crunchyroll's inability to license good shows, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm always an opponent against monopolies in every sense of the word, but I'm also ingrained in my DNA is a corporate shillism, because uh, you know I love Amazon. I like getting stuff in two days, uh, and and I'm I'm very afraid of Sony having a monopoly in the anime market, but I'm very excited to see in what way their deal between Funimation and Crunchyroll takes. Uh, and even more so, I'm excited to see how they plan to compete with Netflix in the anime space. Because uh, I feel like by this time next year, we're going to be having a very different conversation. Oh, yeah. It's... It, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, other big news. Uh, shifting gears a little bit to uh, proper movies. Uh, this is just a quick thing that I'm very excited about. So with, with, uh, all of the, the, the turmoil of, uh, Warner Brothers movies going to HBO Max this year, uh, for whatever reason, Godzilla vs. Kong got moved up two months from Hell May yes. up to March 26th this year, Boom. which, uh, you know, is is just a little sad because I was really hoping I could go see this movie in IMAX still, and I think yeah. that's going to be too soon for me to be comfortable doing that. But this movie's going to be awesome, and I will take being able to see it that much sooner. Oh, but don't get us don't get me wrong. It's going to probably be bad, <laughs> but awesome at the same time. Hey, I mean, like, okay, Kong Skull Island was a very good movie. I legitimately love Kong Skull Island. Uh, 2016, I think, Godzilla. The first one. Too too much people. It was okay. Really cool Godzilla thing. Godzilla they, Jaws the Go- they gave us Jaws the Godzilla version. <laughs> people need to stop doing that with monster movies. Like We go in to see the monster blow shit up. So less people, more monster doing its thing. Yeah, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters did kind of a similar thing where the human plot was still too present for me, but they had, like, four monsters, and it had really good fights. So I don't think I'm comfortable saying the movie's going to be bad, but it's definitely not going to give me as much monster fights as I want because they never do. Yeah. I mean, I just take, like, fight night, and then it's like, you know, they fight... One gets upper hand in one, then they have to like regroup, recover, and then you know we get like three rounds of them just going at it until <laughs> until like another big bad shows up and they have to team up. Spoiler: I bet that's what happens. Oh yeah, this is definitely they're gonna. Uh, I'm trying I, to think who would show up. Would it be Mecha Godzilla shows up? No, it's to... gonna be Mecha Ghidorah. Oh, they'll bring Ghidorah back. Because at the end of King of the Monsters, there was the post-credits scene where the bioterrorists or the Enviro terrorists, whatever they were, they got the severed head of King Ghidorah. So they've got like parts of him to rebuild as a mecha. 
Oh my god. Uh, I definitely want to see this extended universe go far enough that they can try to sell me on Mechagodzilla because that is inherently a very goofy idea that I feel like only really works in original Godzilla context, but they've got to do it eventually, right? Yeah, it's going to happen at the end of this movie where they're going to team up to defeat, to defeat Mecha Ghidorah, but they're going to obliterate Godzilla, and then they're going to need to bring back Mecha Godzilla to take on a rampaging King Kong. Boom. I, I could write the script. <laughs> I actually have no uh, reason to be saying this as I still haven't seen uh, Kong or king of the monsters what the because, fuck you've only because, seen 2016 godzilla <laughs> yeah but it, the it, it let me down so much that i was like ah, i can't there's no oh way that it can be that god hey <laughs> you gotta watch these movies where are they on hbo max uh yes they yes, should they are, be actually oh, okay then yeah i'll do that and i'll watch one of them tonight which one should i watch first uh well i would say just watch them in order um so granted- kong and then or no 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 godzilla and then kong no, it's Kong then Godzilla. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Granted, those movies don't directly play off of each other. Uh, it's yeah. just that the post, or actually the mid-credits, like, uh, not scene, but, like, stuff happening mid-credits for King of the Monsters starts to tease Godzilla versus Kong, and that kind of thing you would only have context for understanding if you've already seen Kong. Okay, uh, okay. So I would just watch it in release order. Um, Got it. Kong, Kong is very good, though. Uh, it has a human story that I think actually works very, very well while still giving you as much King Kong as you should have. Uh, okay. John C. Riley, Samuel S- L. Jackson, yeah, yeah, uh, Samuel. guy who played Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name is. Yeah, he escapes me constantly. Fantastic cast, very good movie. I think the best movie so far in this Godzilla cinematic universe. I don't really like that that's how you have to refer to it, but you're right. That is what it is. <laughs> the Godzilla Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it just sounds weird as hell to say that out loud. <laughs> Mostly because I just don't like that everything is referred to as its cinematic universe. Like, yeah. I, j- the, I, I really wish you could just be like, yeah, the Godzilla world or the Godzilla movies. Yeah. You know, and you just from, know from here that forward, Kong's in it. I will refer to it as the Godzillaverse. Yes. Or, you know, we can show you the Zillaverse. <laughs> uh and actually one more piece of movie news i want to touch on is uh kevin feige both confirmed that deadpool 3 was in production uh and that it would be keeping an r rating as well as uh you know i, I don't think this was a specific announcement but it was just something he kind of said in a quote is that deadpool for certain is going to be part of the mcu He's not yeah. a separate entity, even though he's not going to fit with their go-to PG-13 rating. He's still going to be Deadpool, and he is going to be, in some way, a present force in the current MCU. I still need to see the second movie. Yeah, it was okay. Not as good as that, the first. Still very good. I, if 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 you're listening you haven't been able to tell, when it comes to, like, non-Oscar-y movies, uh, I very <laughs> much go by what the uh discourse is online or the comp what some reviewers that i follow say about it and if it doesn't if they're not like yeah you you should just go if you like movies just go see this movie i probably don't go see it or i wait for it to be not in theaters and watch it on one of the numerous (laughs) streaming platforms that i have but i always forget to then go watch them so 
that's the main reason why I haven't seen the Kong or the other Godzilla and and the second Deadpool. Shit, I I don't even remember. I've seen the first Deadpool, but it was like on at a party, so I didn't like watch it. Oh my god, Hayden. I know, but what I did see of it was really good. Yeah, I, I'm very much a, a cinema goer. Uh, I, I really want this pandemic to end so I can use my A-list subscription and go back to theaters. Yeah. I miss it. I do I do miss going to the theater. The theater. Even though you only go to see anime movies. No, I see uh, more Oscar-y movies more than anything. Yeah. I, I see movies like at least once a month about. Yeah, okay. Which is more than the average person. You just only watch Oscar bait. Yeah, I'm a slut for the Oscar bait. That being said, uh, One Night in Miami, I think, just dropped on Amazon Prime, and that's a movie that you'd probably want to check out. Ooh-hoo. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Uh, I, I forget all of the people involved, but it's it's essentially uh, it's adapted from a screenplay, and it's an imagined scenario where uh, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and two other uh very important African-American figures from a similar point in history. They, they're they essentially together for a night in Miami, and it's an examination of all of them as people. So it's, uh, from what I can understand, it's, it's, a, it's an intimate kind of affair, and uh, everyone in the movie has a very good performance. I haven't watched it myself because it's very new, but I am excited to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Oh, it came out January 8th. Yeah, so pretty recent. Okay, yeah. Okay. I imagine yeah, that's probably that a list. kind of movie that you would be interested in seeing. Yes. yes also, News of the World, I think, is coming out soon. Uh, Tom Hanks kind of Western movie. Very excited for that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been see- They've started uh, advertising that one a lot. I've yeah. seen a lot of ads for it. So good, movie, but, uh, good movies coming out. Yeah, movies. Uh, hey, I love that we can talk movies again because we basically had a whole year where nothing happened in movies except for Tenet and, you know, ugh. Yeah. Granted, if we started this podcast sooner, it would have been an interesting conversation to see how Trolls 2 was performing at, at the beginning of a pandemic. Oh, uh, that... didn't it do really well? Yeah, Trolls 2 is going to go down in history as the first movie that tried a streaming-only release and did surprisingly well because of it. I, it also helped that it was still in the time of like, oh, we don't know what to do, ah, idiot entertainment, and then it came out and everyone was like, I don't care what it is, buy it, the kids are going crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it also, it set the tone for uh, when you release a movie, and and this is probably inevitable, I can't say this is Troll 2's, Trolls 2's thought, <laughs> Trolls 2's fault. Um <laughs> But uh, it set the bar for, like, when you're releasing a movie for at-home streaming, it is with the family in mind. And that's why when Disney releases a movie on Disney Plus Premiere Access or whatever they call it, it's $30 to see the movie because they have to recoup the ticket cost for an entire family to go to the movie. You know, not thinking about lonely bastards like us who go alone (laughs) pay for the ticket and no concessions just so we could see a movie for two hours and all i'm saying all, all i'll say is normalize going to a movie by yourself oh yeah it's it it's is great. okay and it's actually pretty freaking normal and actually just a better experience altogether to just go to see a movie by yourself it's great try it sometime you'll it, i pro, i tr- i promise you you will enjoy it 
Can I can I kill ten minutes talking about lonely theater experiences? Uh sure. So I'm I'm a little concerned you have ten minutes on that, but go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I got uh, I have the the A list pass for AMC, right? Um, which uh, the last couple years in college was also when Movie Pass was a thing. Uh, I love that Movie Pass is going to be forgotten, and that's going to be something that I can bring up as I was there for the summer yeah. of Movie Pass. And then because, it went bankrupt. Because <laughs> uh, if if you don't know or don't remember what MoviePass was at this point, it was uh, essentially uh, like a debit card or a credit card that you paid. I think it was only $20 a month for. It might even have been as low as $10 a I month. I think it was 10 It was $10 a month. They sent you a card, and you downloaded a phone app, and you could see for free, uh, you know, except for the monthly subscription cost, you could see a movie per day. Uh, and this was at most cinemas, including AMC, because that's where I, I went most of the time. And it was as good of a deal as that sounds. It was totally what you see is what you get. It was $10 a month, and you got to see a movie every single day. That was the only restriction. You can only see one, but it was every day, and there was no extra cost. And And I think they planned on making their money back by selling consumer data, to be like, look, we're getting more people in seats. This is what they like. Uh, we can give you this information because uh, the movie industry is constantly dying and looking for ways to reinvent itself. So naturally, MoviePass went through the process of upping the subscription cost, limiting the amount of movies you could see, uh, and then eventually going bankrupt. But AMC saw uh, the potential of that and kind of ran with the limitations of the movie pass as an idea. So so then they introduced AMC A-list. And this was kind of in the death throes of movie pass, I believe, and probably the last nail in the coffin to that end, where they they took the limitations that movie pass had. Uh, they raised the cost to I think uh, a-list is 20 or $30 a month. I kind of don't remember now because it's been on hold for so long for the pandemic. You can see three movies per week at AMC Cinemas. Uh, every time it renews, you actually get money back on your AMC Stubbs rewards card. So uh, every few months, I can get a free drink for my movie because I get a $5 voucher. Um, so that all is to say, I am an avid proponent for the AMC A-list. It's a fantastic way to see movies. Uh <laughs> and and I just want to say, like, you know, in regards to going to the movies alone, uh, I've had two very, very good theater experiences because uh, for, like, the last three years, I've been doing pizza delivery as a job, which means working second shift, which means I almost exclusively had gone to the movies at night, catching the final viewings of any movie for that day, uh, which means I got to see, number one, The Shape of Water at... 12 30 at night oh my god in the middle of the winter uh and i think this was on a saturday so the bar at amc was still open i had a glass of moscato i was the only person in the theater and that was the only way i could have possibly enjoyed shape of water <laughs> and then that, a fan. that movie went on to win best picture and i was pissed off about it <laughs> because both Lady Bird and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri were both far better movies, but we got to give Ooh. Guillermo the Oscar. Whoa, whoa, you need to check yourself on the Three Billboards talk. Someone's going to call you racist. What, because it's a good movie? Nah, I got a lot of shit because of um, 
uh, how it portrayed cops, I believe is what it was. I liked it. I still thought it was really good, but uh, I, I I remember at the time there was a lot of backlash that came later, which I it, it was it mostly had to do with the cop character and how he acted and like was he racist and was some other stuff. Well, fuck know. those people. If you don't think Southern <laughs> cops are gonna be that level of racist, then you're living in a fucking bubble. <laughs> I I was big on Lady Bird that year too. I was sad that that didn't get more recognition, but which like you know Del Toro deserves an Oscar for sure. I don't yeah. think it was deserved for Shape of Water, but that's just how the Academy works. Unfortunately, my favorite thing was just everyone afterwards just being like the fish movie, <laughs> <laughs> the one where she fucks the fish. <laughs> Because they do fuck. That happens in that movie. That's not, yeah. that's not a joke. She fucked a fish, man. It's, uh, it's something. Uh, and then similarly, I also got to see, again, in the middle of winter, uh, which I feel like heightened the experience, uh, I got to see The Greatest Showman in theaters. Again, with a glass of Moscato. Fantastic movie to see in a theater. Honestly, uh, I love musicals. And I don't think you're losing anything by not seeing that movie in a theater, but I very much enjoyed having the chance to see that. And and basically, both of those movies are things that I wouldn't have bothered to see if I did not have the AMC A-list. Because once I've already subscribed, I don't have to think about what money I'm spending to go see a movie. I can just see everything. Yeah, I know, I know Greatest Showman had no appeal to me. I haven't seen it. Um, but... I could definitely see it being being seeing it in the theater would have been the way I would have wanted to because it's definitely one of those more spectacly type movies uh, than anything. Yeah, and like I said, I like a musical. It's a pretty good musical. Uh, disregarding the embellishing and whitewashing of uh, P.T. Barnum's character <laughs> because <laughs> Hugh Jackman is just so goddamn charismatic, even when he's cheating on his wife. Oof. Big oof. Which is not a dig at Hugh Jackman specifically, but P.T. Barnum as a character and a man. Uh, and Fair. then the only the only other thing I want to say about uh, going to the movies alone, uh, I, I don't know if you have anything like this when you go to the movies, but uh, I was fortunate enough to have one of my days off while doing pizza delivery was a Monday, so a weekday. Uh, and I always liked to, because uh, the, the A-list the a lets you see three movies per week, right? Uh, so I would always make a day out of one of my days off, and I would see th- all three of my movies on that same day. Uh, oh so my god, what? I, yeah, so I didn't have to like shoehorn a movie in between my work and sleep schedule. Uh, I just took my day off, and I made that a movie day. So I would go down to the, the local Megaplex, which featured an outdoor mall as well, and I would I would see one movie, I would walk across the street to the Stacked Pickle, I would have a Long Island and some fried pickles for lunch, and then I would go back to the movie, and I would see another movie. And then I would walk out of that, I would drive around to the Buffalo Wild Wings, and I would get uh, a 12-piece honey barbecue wing, and that would be my dinner. And then I would walk around Barnes & Noble for 10 minutes, and then go back to the theater, see a third movie, and then the sun is down, and I go home. And uh, I couldn't do that. It was a very good day. I always I loved having movie days like that. I mean, that's, that is cool. I don't know how you could watch three. I could maybe do two, but three for me, I'd be, I'd have to have planned it out perfectly to like what type of movie it is. Like the third one's gotta be an action movie to keep me awake. Um, but that's kind of impressive that you, you did that regularly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
every time I try to get into a routine like that, it eventually falls apart. But I would say I, I did that at least five times. Wow. I, I like impressive. movies. Most impressive. I'm a movie guy. Do, do you have any, any uh, rituals or ceremonies you do when you see a movie alone or is it just like, ah, I want to see this movie? Uh, yeah, it's usually just, I want to see this. I, uh, I'm the one who likes to sit as high up as I can, as close to the middle as I can. But the way a lot of theaters are now, uh, it's really hard to get in the middle of the top row because a lot of theaters don't have seats go all the way across on the top row. I don't know why. They do if it's a smaller theater, but if it's a big theater, uh, they'll have it like barred off. And like the section, I think it's so that people can't put their hand up and fuck with the projector. Yeah. Um, so now they specifically have started making it so that you can't do that. But um, now I don't really have any routine. I just, I want to go see this movie. Okay. My biggest thing was always to uh, go like early Friday afternoons, like leave work a little bit early and go. Because I try to go at times where there just wouldn't be a lot of people in the theater. Unless it's like, you know, in-game where it is kind of a better movie-going experience to have more people in the audience with you. For sure. And yeah, I guess uh, I, I pointed out that I would do those days on a weekday and it didn't really give why. But that was just because uh, on a weekday the theaters were pretty much guaranteed to be empty. And, uh, you know, I like seeing movies in a theater, but I like having it with as least amount of people as possible. Nice. Oh, and also, I, I found better. that uh, better. having gone to the movies that much, I actually decided that my preferred spot is at the bottom of the second section of seats. So, like, not not the section closest to the screen, but the, the section that starts going upwards, I sit at the most front seat of that section. That's that's prime spot for me. Okay. I think, I think I can picture where that's at. But man, this is nice. So, that's enough, uh, that's enough movie talk. I miss it. Yeah, <laughs> soon, hopefully. Until then, we got HBO Max. And speaking of HBO Max, this that's not really a segue to what we're going to next. Yeah, I, but, I have um, no idea where you're going with this. Take but, the reins, uh, my guy. We got big uh, Star Wars news. Hell yeah. <laughs> I told you it wasn't really a segue. Uh, <laughs> so it, Lucasfilm has announced it's making a game, its own game division. Is that the official Lucasfilm Games yeah. Is now going to be or it's it's bringing everything that was in the game side into Lucasfilm Games, I believe. Yeah, which uh, I I kind of forget what the specific name of it was, but Lucasfilm has had their own game division before that was defunct after a while, uh, and when they sold to Disney, they kind of just gave EA exclusive rights to Star Wars, so there was no reason to have Lucas Games. Yeah, well. EA bid to get the exclusive license from Disney. Sure. Um, which one of the things with this announcement or that came shortly after this was announced was that Ubisoft would be working on a Star Wars game, which to many a people, me being one of them, um, initially sounds like uh, EA's exclusive license over the Star Wars franchise and gaming is now over. Um, after thinking about it a little bit more and looking at all more of the information that's out, this isn't necessarily the case or can't be confirmed yet because I don't think Ubisoft gave any timeline on when their game is coming out. I believe the 10-year exclusivity deal was in, started in 2013, so they'd still have two more years 
Well, I, um, I think I think they they bought out of it. Oh, they did. Yeah, I hadn't seen like anything on that. But EA I that. EA can still make Star Wars games. They they do not have exclusive rights to making Star Wars games now, though. Yeah. Well, to what I was just getting at was that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when this Ubisoft game is announced to be released. Sure. If it would be technically after, it might be announced now that they're making it, but it wouldn't be released until after EA's 10 year span is up. Because I feel like that's what that announcement meant is that, hey, after the 10 years is up, EA's not getting it again as an exclusive license, which, as far as I'm concerned, fucking good because I can't believe they, I think they put out five games in 10 freaking years yeah and like two of them are battlefront games one and a half of them was good yeah and then like the old well they only released one good game anyway and it was it was the uh, jedi fallen order yes that one because like what like people ended up liking battlefront 2 eventually but that's not to downplay the shit show it was at launch oh my god it was awful i mean i bought it at release and it was awful and then and you people know, you are have... people are still memeing on it. Like whenever you see people talking about a sense of satisfaction, that's memeing on EA about Battlefront Two. <laughs> it was it it was bad. It oh, and then like so since the two Battlefront games, the only other that they had Fallen Order and then Squadrons and then the, the mobile game. That's it. Like, oh uh, they. So many games got canceled, and it's just I'm so I'm so happy that they don't have exclusive rights to Star Wars games anymore, or at least soon won't. I, it's it's I I don't know how you can fuck that up as much as EA did, but it's EA, so I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, my hope is you know I said earlier you know I don't like a monopoly. Nobody should like a monopoly, but. It's hard to argue with the quality Disney can put out, uh, yeah. which which is hard to say with Star Wars because the new trilogy movies have been very hit or miss for a lot of people. Uh, Mostly miss. Mainstream successes <laughs> until I think the last movie, and even that one was too much for some people. Um, but their stuff on Disney Plus is very, very good so far, and I see no reason for it to stop being so. Uh Ubisoft is still kind of an iffy choice for me personally on making a Star Wars game, but I am very excited to see the opportunities this will give other studios, and hopefully we can see something like Star Wars 1313 come back and uh, actually get a release. Or, you know, God forbid, give us another Bounty Hunter game even, something like The Force Unleashed. There's a lot of good things they can do now that's, uh, that's not just Lego Star Wars. I mean, if anyone wants to just make all the Star Wars fans happy, you just make another KOTOR game. Like, the fact, I mean, I guess the main reason we haven't is because of the MMO, and for if, if you don't know, KOTOR is Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, they were two Bioware games. Oh, actually, Bioware made the, uh, the MMO, too. I don't actually know how expansions with that happened under EA, <laughs> but whatever. Um but I mean, everyone loves those damn games. They're just the story's great. The gameplay is kind of trash. Looking back on it, because it's turn-based. But the games are like twenty years old, so it, it shouldn't feel good. Honestly, if it did, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but like everyone wants more stuff in that universe, and a lot of people didn't play the MMO. I know the MMO fleshed out that universe a lot. Like the expansions were all 
giving you more backstory to characters, mostly Revan, but other characters that you encountered in that time. But I think what hasn't been the, the well the the potential lies in this new era of Star Wars that has just started with the uh, the High Republic era. Um, it's basically a blank slate, and so I mean get. At this point, I'm trying to think of who, what, like, I want Respawn to make a High Republic era game. Hell I know yeah. they've made, they've already made one game, Star Wars game, that was arguably the best one that came out during EA's tenure. Um, and it might be weird for them to do another one, but Respawn making a story driven game in the, in a blank slate era of Star Wars lore, I'm, I would jump on that so fast. Yeah. I I want and this, this is part of a larger conversation. I want more games that have a specific gimmick they do very very well. Uh, I think Just Cause Three is a good example of this, where you know you've got the gimmick of the grappling hook and the destruction system, and that gameplay loop is just very very satisfying. Even for the entire length of the game, you don't get bored. Um, I I just want a game focusing on Star Wars on, on lightsaber battles. Because uh, I think in every piece of Star Wars cinematic media, we just don't see enough lightsabers for how iconic they are. You so you're telling me you want the Dark Souls of Star Wars games? Yeah, pretty much. Which <laughs> Fallen Order, Fallen Order is almost that. It's very yeah. close to that. Yeah, true. Uh, just like uh, just like I want a Tron game that's only grid games. Just just give me light cycles and disc wars, and I don't give a fuck. I'll pay. Yeah. I will pay sixty dollars for a decent light cycle game, for God's sake. <laughs> but Star Wars. I was gonna say the other thing that we would be uh, hoping to get would would be a, a fighter game, but we did get Squadrons. So yeah. we finally at least got a a fighter game. Which I don't think Squadron was bad, but nobody really cared that it came out. At least well, it seems like it's it's mostly the multiplayer aspect to what i from what i've seen like it's not like a rogue squadron game where it's just going through missions shooting shit which is what i think most people they just want dog fight and fighting npc kind of like uh what's the fighter jet game uh that andre loves oh ace combat ace combat yeah like an ace combat but in star wars kind of thing yeah because that game's already on some deep discounts. Oh yeah, the game's already like only twenty bucks. I think it's yeah. crazy how much the price dropped on it. And and but, that even had its own kind of controversy where they put it up on EA Play technically, but it was only like a limited time trial of the game, and then they took it away from you. I know on uh, Xbox this weekend it was on free play days where you could play it this up to today through today you could play it like okay. Friday through today you could just play it. Um, but it'll be interesting because isn't didn't we talk about this with the Disney or Disney release? Uh, Rogue Squadrons getting its own show. Yeah, make a game or, to go along uh, with that. Patty Jenkins is doing a Rogue Squadron movie with a movie. Yeah, have a game go along with it. It doesn't have to be like a true v- movie game because God, those are always usually <laughs> bad. Uh, but it's an excuse to just do a game of rogue squadron or similar you know like just go back to the roots people just want a good dogfighting game like you said a good 
lightsaber fighting game and then a good battlefront where you're you're a trooper boots on the ground shit like that's all people really want and then you sprinkle in like a knights of the old republic really good turn-based rpg game like it, we don't have complicated demands god damn it <laughs> I just don't want to end up paying $300 for my $60 multiplayer shooter. Oh my god. I oh. it's it'll be interesting to see how people look back at that release and just I mean, it, people already do and go, "Oh my god, what the fuck?" But the further we get away from it to just see if it changes and if it the the stigma towards it gets worse cause, as it should, I think, cuz it was yeah. awful. I, I mean, people were already very much not happy with EA before Battlefront 2 even came out. But, yeah, Battlefront uh, Run came out. <laughs> yeah, but the release of Battlefront 2, I think, really cemented in people's minds just how fucking scummy EA could be. And I, yeah. I don't think, even if people forget why, I don't think people will forget that. Because uh, nobody, nobody likes EA. Oh, no. I mean... I hadn't thought they were that bad, honestly. I, I mean, like, I know they were bad, but I still enjoyed a lot of the games that they put out. And then that one, for me, was where I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, it was bad I, enough that EA topped lists for most hated companies, which is kind of ridiculous when companies like Comcast or Nestle exist. I think they did it two years in a row, too. That would not <laughs> surprise me. The vitriol for EA is strong. Yeah, but um, it's we got a bright future for for Star Wars games. Yeah, uh, I'm very looking forward to it. I I want more good Star Wars games besides Lego Star Wars, please. Yes, which has that has this the Skywalker saga game come out for that yet? I think so. Oh well, I'm behind the times because you know I'm about that shit. <laughs> I love the Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. That's kind of like Skyrim. They keep re-releasing it, but it's a much quieter re-release whatever they do. Well, that's because their their re-release always adds a little bit of new content. <laughs> They'll add a movie's worth of content. <laughs> but I, I'm actually, I haven't played a Lego game in forever, so I'd be curious if, and I think it is, but I'd be curious if the, this new Lego Star Wars game uh, is like the old Lego Star Wars games where they don't speak because the newer Lego games, everyone speaks. Yeah, it's not just the which I I miss the the nuance of the little talking ways where they're like not speaking, they're just making noises. Yeah, I miss that. It, I that, that was that was, cool. that was for sure part of the charm of the Lego yeah. games and added a lot to the comedy of the games. Lego Star Wars was kind of how I got into Star Wars actually. Because as really? a kid, I didn't really care for the movies or anything, but uh, Lego Star Wars video games are just, just good. Just really good video games and very funny. Yep. I I don't think I would have known the names of any of the characters if not for putting so many hours into Lego Star Wars. Did you play one and two? Yeah. Okay, okay. So you got all six movies. Good. Yep. Good. But uh, wow. I think, unless you got more words to say on Star Wars, I think that's about where we're gonna start wrapping up, eh? Yeah, I can't. We we're under an hour. Yeah, just it seems about. like the f- first time in a in a while. <laughs> it seems like we've been going over. Yeah. Um. Oh, one little bit. I finally beat that fucking boss in Hades. 
so I finally got to Hades, and then I was like, I, I think I had already known that he had two health bars, but I got rid of the first one and went, I know there's something else coming, right? And then he immediately killed me, and I was like, yeah, okay, that, oh, makes, man. that makes sense. I wish I could make other people feel the despair I had when I found out he had a second health bar, because I sure as hell was not ready. I, oh, I, I beat yeah. it. I, I took down his first health bar. I was feeling so good. I was pumped, like, fuck yeah, I beat Hades. And then and then the health bar refills, and he charges back up. And I'm like, wait, what? What's happening? And, I was like the SpongeBob caveman meme. Yeah, and he's way harder. Like, everything he's doing is a lot more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a bitchin' build. I, I, had a, I used the spear build that you like to make fun of me for, but uh, I had the, th- the try-hit, which... Is the only way to build spear is the try hit, but then you get some of those uh, Hermes boons where you get faster, faster attacking, and then also the thing where you just hold down click and you do the three tap. And I'm like, bro, I do I do damage. Also, I finally got the Artemis boon where every time you hit someone, it shoots them with a little like pew pew. Yeah, thing. that's so good. That's such a good I because it's every time you hit them, and so I had the spear auto attacking really fast so it was just like a machine gun of stuff hitting them i was like whoa this is this is dope <laughs> yeah yeah let, let's so, just uh let's let's start a sister podcast where all we do is share hades builds <laughs> <laughs> we would have like three episodes and it would be over <laughs> but that's probably what i'm gonna do when we're done recording even though the dog's back so i gotta go say hi <laughs> Uh, yeah, I might do the same. Got to make some dinner, and then uh, I don't have anything else to do right now. Uh, a lot of a lot of my friends in my Destiny clan actually very recently picked up Hades, so it's uh it's kind of yeah, like when you when it. you and Nathan got it. It's another resurgence where I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta start playing Hades because right. uh, I still haven't technically beaten the main story for the game because I keep putting it down. Ah, and then every time I pick it back up, I gotta retrain myself to get good again. I just can't wait for this next one after I beat the Minotaur and the little douche um, that I'm not even going to make it to them this time. I, I already know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to die super early. But I think with that, that'll do it. That'll do us for this week. Um, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about next week, but that's how I end every week. So yeah, We never do. <laughs> we're topical here at Healthy Obsession. Yeah. For the most part. Because what else would we be? Well, I mean, you know, if we had actual credentials, maybe we could come up with something to actually analyze. True. Or if we uh, could actually go out and do stuff. Yeah. Instead, we're happy to sit here for the comfort of our armchairs and speculate. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Anybody can do it. Look at us. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're hobbyists now, Hayden. We're we're part of a fresh wave of podcasters, and we're going to get lost in the ether. It's a passion project. What can we say? Yeah. But hey, that being said, follow us on Twitter at uh, Obsession underscore pod. Yeah, and, uh, and we should be having some YouTube content coming out soon, as soon as I get my PC built and finish yeah. editing a video. Soon, TM. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, that'll do it. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, and we'll yeah, and actually, see you well, next time. Well, we're at it. You well, know, since we're, since oh, we're getting official, we got the music, we got the sign-off, right? Uh, oh, Follow us on Twitter, Obsession underscore pod. Leave a review. Leave a star. Tell a friend. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Leave, leave five stars. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's it. Okay. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> I hate our exits. Okay.